0: You're listening to the Free Your Mind podcast. Join Maya and Kumo every other Wednesday as they share their unfiltered views and debate on topics with guests from issues making the headlines to topics generating buzz in the group chats. Make sure to share the episode with a friend and rate us if you enjoyed it. Why don't you give us a follow on Twitter at GCR Free Your Mind? and of course you can listen to all our episodes on our website, listen2gcr.com just go to shows and you will find Free your mind and everything related on there. The next episode starts now. But also, you anything you find for your side. Charlie, we're there inside. uh we're de- there. Manage small, small. I will go do it. So,
1: be so, 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 <laughs> so Yeah. Um. Maya, Maya was supposed to join us, but she's trying to tie up with something else. Uh, okay. I guess. Okay. With also the Ramadan you know, and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be recording with you. Yeah, welcome guys again to another episode of Free On Mind. Um, I'm your host, Komo. Maya is not here it, as I said earlier, but I'm here with a guest that I have been chasing down for God knows how long. And finally, I get to have him on the show. Bro, introduce yourself to the listeners.
0: Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Komo, for having me. I know we've, uh, we've talked about... Uh... Coming on the show for a while, so yeah. I'm glad I'm finally here. Anyways, my name is Alfred, um, Alfred Apia. So I'm originally from Ghana. Um, I currently I live in Canada, and uh, I'm i I'm a data analyst by day, data scientist sometimes. Um, so I just like to play with data. That's that's how I like to describe myself.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm happy to be here.
1: Uh, we're also very really excited to, to have you. Um, Let's get into the first segment um for this the Black Star. In the Black Star segment, we acknowledge significant achievements of Ghanaians Ghanaians in the diaspora, as well as Africans in the continent in And with the recent was that was taken, three students topped over two point one million students overall who took the exams. And all these three students were Ghana. Congratulations to Sisi Tete Kuma, Wolfred Aseda Obin and Ifua Ansan. Yeah, apparently I heard that we've been talking like for God knows how long. I didn't know that till now. But, challenge for you to have top marks in WASI, like over 2.1 million students, that's, that's a big feat. That's a very big feat. Charlie, we you know the seat of the we for
0: us. Charlie, Charlie, yeah, yeah be true. Be true. <laughs> <It'd> be true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I, if I, if I, as I heard the story, I was very happy about it. I was like, you know, especially, you know, given the times, right? COVID, yeah, it's not easy. And I, I'm not saying that it's easy for everybody. Right, everybody because they all wrote the the under the same similar circumstances, but obviously the mm. cases in every country with every country was different, right? But yeah, anyways, I'm I'm just happy for them. I'm happy that uh um, they were able to do that. One of the other things that make me happy also is um the fact that you know, like this is the first batch of the free SHS folks, right? And people who yeah. follow me on Twitter know that I am a big I am a big supporter of, of, of free oh, SHS. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, with free SHS making um, access easier for people There way other people who were saying that you know that's going to impact the quality of the education uh, because if you have more people the teacher to student ratio is probably going to get worse yeah. and all that but i mean that notwithstanding we we and i, I know that somebody can say that was just one indicator right but i th- i still think that it is it is it is speaking to is speaking something to us like you know in terms of how some of these people we're still we're still able to a lot of people and still top so even if historically we're doing so well um the fact that that is still confirmed even with, with, because we've had a big policy change we've had a big policy change which is having wasi i mean sorry having free SHS, which is like you know making high school pretty much universal for everybody if you want to go you can go so i think for me it's it's that it's just that that i i am very very um happy about that uh the fact that we had free SHS didn't really impact uh the, the um in terms of that the the quality yeah. in terms of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a big feat. Um, I think it drew our mind to like the COVID thing because even as adults who this COVID thing is having this own soul us not stuff of like having um to steady within this gap period and try right write so, and I said, like come on top like the whole West Africa. So yeah to them wherever they are hopefully they are able to listen to this if you know them and you listen to the podcast just let them know we are very proud of them this week's ethical fashion podcast shines a light on jennifer Muli, founder of kenyan brand jamini and south african designer lukanyom Dingi. listen as they discuss growing their businesses and incorporating age-old traditions as they take on the international market the link to the episode will be in the episode show notes i absolutely agree
0: with you the thing is africa is a huge continent and there's so many different diverse cultures that coexist within it not only any culture but also artisanal crafts that haven't even really been seen or tapped into yet and i think if we collaborate and also create networks within those spaces we're able to really create this beautiful hybrid of artisanal craft together with modern design. I think there's this huge misconception that um, African design has to be extremely colorful and very print-driven. And even though I understand why that's also the case, because we there is such a vibrancy within our continent and there's so much diversity, but there also are things that are far beyond bright prints and um, traditional prints.
1: Hey there, I'm Mamea from the MCNEL podcast. We bring you the latest conversation with the most interesting people in town. From the perspective of the youth, which you wouldn't want to miss,
0: find us on listentogcr.com forward slash the MCNEL pod or find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Catch you later.
1: Let's move to the next segment Won't be your right. um, mind. An article... It has to do with the issue that came up in, in relation to money rituals where there were two sixty 16-year-olds who killed their fellow 10-year-old for um, rituals. I think that brought a lot of national conversation. But then, one thing caught our attention. The Minister of Gender, Children and Social Protection, Adrian made a statement about how parents must teach their children that hard work pays I, I find it rather intriguing i don't know if you can speak to this because the statement to me personally is preposterous
0: well i mean i think you know i think first of all i think it's it's very easy to say that hard work uh pays right and i think it's very easy it's easy to suggest that hard work is a solution for everything right i mean she's a politician she has um she has a lot of influence and she has a uh, she has and a own right, she did something to
1: get to where she was, quote but, yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. But then but then politicians have a role. Like as leaders of society, you have roles to play to to create the enabling environment for people yeah. who are working yes. hard to succeed right and so the fact that you are saying hard work pays doesn't mean that that is that is a solution like i mean people like at the end of the day parents can bring up their child you know they can try you know they can prepare them in the way but if if the environment they're living in isn't conducive for the hard work to pay off we're not going to see that it's not automatic that if you if you work hard you're going to you're going to you're going to do, do well for example right so so the the, so i mean i think for me when i saw that i was like i mean it's just an easy thing to say it's like social studies um response to 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 a problem right it's like it's easy to say that um hard work pays i mean like if if there's a problem in society yeah let's just throw hard work at it like that's not i mean i think it's just you know so that's me i think it's just too simplistic in my opinion um to say that you know i think it's it's there's a lot of work that has to go there and politicians you know you have to do you have to, like I said, you have to create an enabling environment for people. Like you can go to school. At the end of the day, you you can't find a job. So you went to school. You work hard. You couldn't find a job after that. Is that your fault that you couldn't find a job? Or you know, even if, for example, if you want to be, if you if you even want to start your own business, there has there has to be the enabling environment for you to start your business. For example, right? And so if 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 you you do all that, I I'm just saying that it's just too simplistic to say that. We, we you know we teach our kids hard work and then they will succeed um i think it's just too simplistic you know they have they, there's a rule but do
1: you think that there's also this thing where you hear people sometimes say things like you have to scam or you have to yeah like you have to find very <laughs> illegal quote-unquote ways to try and make your money and like that's that's, and and that's how essentially I see this whole ritual issues. I get it; it's very wild for younger people to decide that they are killing a, a more younger person for rituals. But it also boils down on how we are shaping our views of society in general. How we realize that somebody enters into politics and then they are the world's richest person in two years and. How people have money, but then it's kind of wild to ask them to explain their wealth came from. me personally. I feel like she she had it. She, she's not being sincere with what she just said. But at the end of the day, she's a politician too. So, but it's wild that she's a minister for children, <laughs> children <laughs> and gender <laughs> protection. <think> they over <laughs> <me> because. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I I personally I think if uh, again on my Twitter like mostly I would say that um, usually for me I don't I don't judge pol- uh, like elected officials I don't judge them by the um, like the portfolio they are handling right like I don't judge their their technical competency I, even actually this morning I was talking to somebody on Twitter about that like I don't I I feel like they're politicians like first of all they are really you know they are really like think of them as managers you know, so they don't, like, I, I, I always, you know, try to steer away from using somebody's background as an example to, uh, to judge whether they would make up. they'll be a good minister for a certain sector. There's, there's, there's a few, there's probably one sector that I make exceptions for, and that's like justice and so, uh, justice, right? The attorney general and justice department, because that one, like you probably, will, you'll will have to be a lawyer, right? For example, but otherwise for all the other ones. So for me, I, I, I usually don't try to judge them based on based on their technical competences because I know that yeah. you know I work in government right so I work for the I work for government here so I know how I know I kind of know how it works and I know I know what elected officials actually. do and what the civil servants yeah. actually do and they do all the work right so so as as like for example when people were talking about how could see and whether she couldn't you know she couldn't do the job I wasn't really worried about that because I knew that yeah. she's just gonna yeah. be there yeah, as but like I'm a manager yeah. like as an overseer. if you if you want exactly oversight, right? So that she can do. She doesn't need really need to know the sector very well. Like, of course, when she goes there, they'll give her briefing materials, you know, they'll prepare about what the the sector does and all that. And so she'll get abreast, right? So for me, I, I don't like usually, so I don't really want to go there when it comes to when people are appointed. Uh, because right. So you remember when, uh, when Dr. Dr. Opoku Prempe was the minister of education and he's a doctor, right? And then people were talking about that. I wasn't bothered about that. I knew that he could still do the job because you kind of know the work they do. It's not that they are going to be sitting the, behind the computer and actually yeah. doing analysis or doing anything, you know, they come, they, they're really pretty much their spoon fed. They come, they give them, you know, these are the options. These are, this is what we are considering. The several servants pretty much do all the work for them. And so, yeah sorry i went i went off track a little there, but
1: but before we move (laughs) on to the next main topic of the episode i know this is a problem but it's not fair to talk about a problem without talking about a solution um do you in your mind have a way you think we can reshape the mindset of people do you think there's a way we could reshape the way they see things and that to to will probably shape their mindset before I can go on to
0: their next. Well, well I think it's it's you know, I think it's, sometimes it comes down to an issue of trust too, right? Um and I say that in the sense in the sense that like if I'm growing up and I know this is what I want to pursue, this is the career path I wanna go, um, you know, I think I need assurance So in my mind I need to be assured that once I'm done. I'm going to actually be able to go through yeah. that path that I, I set out to do. Right. Right now, the issue we have is that, um, people, people are, you know, obviously people, some people are, there, there's always going to be a, set, a subsection of the population that are, you know, looking for quick money, no matter what they want. They just want, yeah. <laughs> they just want something, right. They want the money. Right. So those groups that's different, but I think for people who, um, who, you know, set out certain careers that they want to pursue, I think it comes down to, um, Creating the enabling environment for them to thrive. So you know, government has a role to play, and we can't do without that, right? And you know, government and government has a role to play there. Very important and so far i mean so far we've always like you, you again you see me always talking about the fact that we rely on a lot of macroeconomic indicators right so our gdp is growing well oh our inflation is this those kinds of things right like those yeah. give you a broad overview of how the economy is doing you're not really looking at how everybody else is doing and so your programming is not influenced by those things Right, because you're not collect like I, I sometimes I say you're not collecting the right data. So if you're not co- collecting the right data, you're not even me- you're, so. So we bring out initiatives that, as we think from uh, from a high level from a politi- politician's perspective, would benefit a majority of people. We think that if we do this, it's going to change people's life. But because we don't collect the foundational data sets for that, it makes it hard to see, yeah. to actually maybe be able yeah. to tie there's our, our, our initiative to the needs of so that is, that is, They're that is, that really
1: is Yeah. Baumea, your favorite yeah, contact, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but I think, I think, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I, I don't give up on Ghana. Like I personally, you would see from my, I'm, I'm always, I always try to be positive because I know that I know that it is possible. Like we can do it. Like, you know, we, 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 we got to the, got into a point that I think, uh, we, we can, we can still move ahead. I think it's just some things need to change, but, uh, and you know, those are not going to change, right. We are always going to come back to, oh yeah, we'll do like, uh, quick fixes and then we'll come back to the same problem. Uh, because, because if, 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 if the people who are benefit, benefiting from it, um, are not willing to, are not willing to change it, yeah, we, we are not going anywhere, um. Uh, yesterday, I, I was reading an article. Sorry, I yesterday was reading an article um, that that was uh, it was a speech yes, by yeah, uh, Sam well, Jonah, Jonah. He um, and he, he was very, yeah. It was it was I was it was you know like he was talking about the fact that our executive branch of government is so empowered that um, the other sectors are deficient, pretty much, right? Because the other sectors, especially the legislature, will is supposed to be uh, you know checking the executive, right? In but then the executive is you know pretty much full of the legislature, the people from the leg as well. And yeah. so it's it's who's checking who, for example, yeah. right? So that's 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 the issue that we have. But I think you know we,
1: we can bra, we can go bra, down this rabbit hole and no, then we no, would not be able to go the through the rest, the, history history. Well <laughs> the rest of the rest of the topics. So. Lack of, <laughs> lack of amenities, <laughs> lack of migration, migration, lack of facilities.
0: Yep. Yeah, it'd be funny if, but it mostly, okay. if you could talk about time on it'd be funny. Kind of yeah, but it'd yeah. be the those issues. The so. issues from social yeah, studies, that would do no. social studies, you no. change. The issues, no change. Yeah.
1: It'd be the it's same issues, lack out. of amenities. Yeah, but it'd be the same thing. Not to get into the rabbit <laughs> hole of this issue oh, And the segments and go into the main segments of the episode. Mm-hmm. The main segments. Which is what they happen. Um, After in five minutes, I mean, everybody knows you are synonymous to the COVID issues, and COVID has been with us for almost close to two years now. We um, really don't want to touch on the bits that everybody knows about. From a fair point, everybody is pretty tired of the virus now. I'm not gonna lie, but there are some things that are worth talking about. Things that you you feel are possibilities that. Can't happen because we are not doing certain things right. The things we need to do, and we could build up on that to talk about the way forward. So yeah, Your microphone is yours.
0: Okay. Well, thank you. And I, I, I want to just, I just want to thank, uh, you know, the people of Ghana. Everybody, right? Everybody has done, has played a role, um, in, um. In trying to control uh, the spread of COVID-19 in Ghana, and I think it's you know it's commendable uh, some of the things that people have done. And so when you said um, people were getting tired, I mean it's understandable that people are people are tired, right? It's we've been at this for for what uh, many months now, and so it's definitely like that's why I wanted to just uh, start by thanking people. I think earlier in the year, obviously, we all yeah, saw what happened, spike. where our hospitalizations yeah. were, you know, spiking, and uh, we were all concerned about the uh, the 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 burden that it would it would place on yes, our already depleted yes. health health healthcare system uh, capacity, right? So, so that has that based on the latest data, that has that 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 hospitalization trend seems to be going down, right? It should it it seems to be declining, which is great. Um, I think I think you know that's that's great, and then we can also see that the testing um, obviously the testing went down, but the the cases have also been declining, right? The rate at which we are confirming new cases also going down, which is great. Um, I'm saying all this because you know I'm going to go I'm going to go I'm going to go harder, right? Um, because we cannot be complacent, right? That's what I want to say. Like I mean that's the that's the that's the piece of caution that I want to, I want to give, right? We cannot. Wow, we cannot be, be complacent because I mean, based on the commentary that I see on social media, it appears that the um, the compliance to the public health measures are also declining. I'll back, I'll so people are, people are not also following some of the Exactly, which, which can be problematic. And I'll talk about that. So actually this morning I saw uh, a letter from the Frontiers Healthcare Services. So that's the company that does the airport testing. And they are saying that yesterday they confirmed 75 new cases of COVID-19 at the airport. Now to put that into context, previously we confirmed like less than 10 cases at the airport. So to confirm 75 and given the fact that there are variants all over, like there's Brazil, there's the India, uh, there's the South Africa and the UK one, and then there's like there are multiple variants that are circulating right now. So the fact that they are confirming seventy-five new cases at the airport on one day—that is—that is—that is alarming. And so they are concerned about that. They were telling the—I uh, think they were writing to—I don't know whether it was the Ghana Health Service or the Ghana Airports uh, Company Limited or somebody. They were writing to them to say that um, they are they are really worried about that. So so for me that is that is that is alarming, and that is not good because right now we have. You know, like I said, uh, we are declining right but but we have less compliance, so imagine if some of some people slip through because obviously the testing at the airport is also one hundred percent right the, yeah. the, the accuracy oh, of the test easy. is not hundred percent, so definitely some people can slip through and so and so and then knowing how how uh the transmission rate of some of those uh, new variants is, and that is what is causing like for example, India is reporting like over three hundred thousand new cases a day um so I'm, I am very concerned that if some of that, or if, if it hasn't already even gotten into in the community, if it does, that is a problem for our infection control because people are not uh, following the public health measures, right? And so if they're just going, going to go ahead and live their life the way they want, then that's going to be a problem for us. Uh, and I know, I, I think you had a point, but we might, we probably will talk about vaccination too because that's one of the right. challenges was, that we are having as well with vaccinations. So like,
1: not to be effective, but don't you also think that from a layman's really? perspective, which I have, I feel like a lot of people are also moving reckless because they got the vaccination shot. So everything, all is all is well. Like, I got my shot, well. so why should I really? I mean, I'm going to wear my mask, but I, I, I really would be serious about it like the way I would be if I didn't have my vaccination.
0: Okay, well, then the question I would ask such a person is how many people in Ghana have been vaccinated? Right? So um, we've done about, I think about 800, just over 800,000 people have received a uh, first dose. By the way, the, these people have not even been fully vaccinated. The people who, who want to be moving freely around, um, they have not been fully vaccinated. It's just one shot that they got. Uh, but that always standing, and put that into context. I cry alone um has what how many people there, and so if only eight hundred thousand Ghanaians or maybe eight hundred and forty thousand Ghanaians have been vaccinated, that is not enough right that is not that is that is that is just like that is like two point seven percent of the total ghanaian population of about thirty wow. million, so that is very small and if you think about if you think about the threshold that is needed for head immunity, for example, we're thinking like sixty to seventy percent even seventy to seventy five because of the wow. new variants. So we we are not there, and, to, and to, I mean what I'm, I'm trying to say is nobody can get comfortable that the fact that they've been vaccinated means that you know they can just move around freely because. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just a small fraction. Not even we haven't even vaccinated. I think before I could I was tracking um, the proportion of people that have been vaccinated in the Greater Accra region. Um, uh, obviously, with re- because of reporting challenges, I've not been able to do that. But that's another point. But we have I don't think we've even vaccinated five percent of the of the population in in Greater Accra. So we have a long way to go. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and right now, one of the challenges we are having. One of the challenges we are having is uh, the vaccine supply. So in terms of administering the vaccine, we don't have a problem with that. I think Ghana has one of the very efficient vaccine uh, distribution or administration systems in in, in Africa, right? We are good in terms of administering vaccines, but you need to have the vaccines before you administer them. Right now, the challenge we are having is that we are not getting the vaccines because the COVAX facility, um, also it's because the vaccine that we got were manufactured by the Serum Institute of India, right? So they, they, they produced it, they, produced the Astra, they, 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 they did the AstraZeneca. I mean, that's AstraZeneca was developed in the UK, but they, they produced the one that we had. Right. And we are relying on them. And now India is, you know, the crisis, the crisis that India is in right now. So, so they are not shipping. So that is one, that is one, that is, and that's one part the other part is the AU the African Union was also rel- we also relying on some of the some vaccines our uh, vaccines from the African Union that's also having a challenge in in terms of supply and then the African Union was even going to defer to the Johnson and Johnson vaccines from the US and they uh, recently, the U.S. put a, the, the U.S. FDA put a hold on, on that vaccine because it was having some of the blood clot issues that was reported for the AstraZeneca as well. And so they wanted to, uh, they wanted to check that. So all these not, all that notwithstanding, all, all I'm trying to say is that our vaccine, uh, program, our vaccination program has been derailed by, by, by some of these challenge, uh, challenges in supply. So nobody can get comfortable um, um uh, like knowing yeah. that it's, uh, unless you want to be selfish right like you have to think about the broader the broader population like if only 2.7% of ghanaians or about maybe 3 i think it was maybe 4.4 4. 4 or something percent of the adult population yeah. has been vaccinated that is not enough like we have a long way yeah. to go um, nobody should get complacent is what i would say you're talking um,
1: about you were talking about how we need like 60 70% of the population to achieve herd immunity um and we currently have dangerous to to six percent of the population all i'm trying to ask is do people who have recovered from COVID also add to the health immunity population
0: um i i, I think i think you know there is uh and in some of the some of the projections that i've seen there is like um there is immunity from from what's it called from infection and then there's immunity from from the vaccines right so there is some immunity but however like if you look at our cases that's not it. like it's we have confirmed i think we've confirmed what 90, 000, about 90,000 about 90,000 cases right that's only a very very small sort of small fraction right so we are not that's not going to make any change you know what I mean? Like I think it's a very, it's a very, very significant, a very, very insignificant proportion of the population. Um, so I wouldn't bank on that. And I think even, I mean, I, I might not be privy to all the, pap- all the papers and all the research about about the about that. But I'm just saying that all I'm trying to say is that it's even even if we have immunity from from infection, that is only just very little. That's very very small. So we still need the vaccination. Yeah. The vaccination, it's it's it is our way out. Right. It is our way out. And and that's why we have to really, really take it seriously. Right now, we can't do much. I mean, because we are not, first of yeah. all, we are not producing vaccines. Right. So if you are not pro- to producing vaccine, we have to rely on the people who are supplying it for us. And then if they are having challenges supplying it, then we, that's where we have the issue. So that's why we are struggling. You should, and you We have to pray. We have to make
1: an informed decision. Do you think we stand the risk of going through a dead
0: I think that's that's definitely possible, and uh, there's a few reasons for that. Obviously, we talked about the lack of adherence to the the public health measures, right? So, if people people are going to go about living recklessly, yeah, that's definitely. Um, um. But I think what I, the other thing that I said earlier was about the cases at the airport, right? Because even if we control internal like in-country infection, there is also because the airport is still open, there is also um, there's also uh a risk of, of of people bringing it into imp- we, of us important cases right and i know we talk about i mean there's this airport testing so we can get rid of we can be able to sometimes control some of it but there is also obviously because the the, the testing is not um 100 accurate we'll be able to miss we'll, we'll, there's a chance that we miss some of uh some 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 cases and then if even a few cases slip through that is that is also going to that that can cause a challenge for you um and so uh, that's that's so that's why i think that yeah based on those i think i think it's definitely possible that it could be a third wave um and, and and i think government probably should consider i mean in my opinion government should consider um some restrictions on on places where the cases are you know really really crazy right i know for example in canada they they started i think they uh, they restricted flights coming from india and um and Pakistan or something like that so I think some so some there might be some opportunity, yeah. like we don't have to close the whole airport for example uh, and that's always that's always my issue with policy making right in Ghana like we always just do this one size fits all kinds of policies yeah, like you know it. everybody <laughs> gets this or nothing exactly it's it's really it's really just nuancing and and making sure that okay you know we can maybe make very country specific Travel restrictions, right? Make it very, very, don't, don't, don't do it for everybody. And you know why, why it's like that? It's because we don't collect enough data. So we don't, we don't really have data to really segment the population into multiple things. So we just say, okay, everybody get the same policy, right? Even if you are in this situation yeah. or you are in that situation, you get the same policy. So what I'm saying is that government can consider, um, like very, um, country specific restrictions. Like if you're coming from a country with, number of active cases that is, you know, like if you have coming from a country with a, I don't know, a certain threshold of active cases per capita, maybe we should, uh, we sh- we should, we should block flights from those countries or something yeah. like that. Like we're not allowing flight to come from those countries. So I think some things, those things like that might help us with our infection control. But I think, you know, depend. Just, just because of the vaccination program not going too well, and it's not, but I mean, it's I don't think it's anybody's. But now, one of the things that I was going to talk about was like the projection for vaccination, uh, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm saying that, yeah, just because of the vaccination program not going so well, uh, what is happening at the airport, like over two days, I, I think it was they said that April 21st and April 24th, they confirmed about 120 cases at the airport that is that is too much that is ridiculous and that's too much so we can't we so with all those things and with people also living you know (laughs) living their life the way they want to live it uh we're not gonna we we we, i think we definitely risk uh risk uh risk the 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 the, the chance that we will we will have a third
1: wave
0: yeah yeah um and then also wanted to talk about the vaccination a little bit because you know like we were very ambitious with our targets right we said that we were going to vaccinate 20 million Ghanaians by October or something like that. So, mathematically, what that meant was that we should be vaccinating about 82,000. We should be doing about 82,000 vaccinations a day. That's assuming that we're only doing one. We're vaccinating, like, we want to give to, uh, one dose to, to 20 million Ghanaians by, by October. Right now, that is not possible. It's not even possible to do that by the end of the year. So if we want to meet that target, I think we're probably looking like, uh, like if we, the pace that is required is 83,000. We have not done anything close to that. I think when we started, we were doing like 40,000 at some point a day. And then obviously as the supply went down, then we were not getting enough to vaccinate, right? So right now, even if you look at the the seven-day average of our vaccination, sometimes like we do like 13,000 um, per day. And last time, I, I think I did some calculations and I was like, if we, for example, if we, Vaccinates um, twenty thousand people a day, um, and assuming this also assuming that we have the supply, right? Um, if that is if that is true, we will be reaching our herd immunity uh, in December of twenty twenty three. So that is that's a long time away. Now, if we do, if even if we do about forty thousand a day. That is that is we are still looking like at about August 2022, so that's so when you look at those numbers, you know that there's a long way to go, right? So I don't I what I'm all I'm trying to say is that people shouldn't get comfortable. The fact that we have vaccines doesn't mean that we don't have some of the vac- like last time they said their stock was at 900 and something thousand, 940 something some thousand. The last uh press conference I think last Sunday. And then based on the, the portal, the, the, the website, they've done uh, about 8, 840 something, I think. So that means yeah. what? There's like only a, like about 100,000 left. Like, so if we don't get any supply anytime soon, there's no vaccine to, to vaccinate people. And, and I think and I think one of the other things is that government has, that's why I always, because government risk communication is very important, right? So government has to stress that. Like we promised you that we're going to give you 20 million Gonna vaccinate 20 million Ghanaians by October. We know that it's not possible. Because that also would reinforce the need for people to, ad- to, to follow the public health measures, right? Because right now everybody is going about because yeah, yeah, vaccines are bad, right? They are vaccines, so we're gonna be fine. Uh so but then the vaccine is not there, we don't have the supply right now. So it is important that government will make that reflect in their messaging to people, right? Um, like when was the last time the president even addressed the nation, right? A resignation only when only when the cases are spiking. I don't think that is that is that is yeah. I don't, in my opinion I don't think that, that is good risk communication. You talk to people throughout. You are not done with the pandemic. Like here in Canada, the the Prime Minister every day, every day he is talking, every day he's speaking to Canadians and talking about COVID and talking about the vaccination program. When was the last time our president addressed the country? Even the information minister and the Ghana Health Services, like right now, their their press conference is not even systematic. It's like <laughs> if uh, if you're feeling like it, then or uh, they will come and do it. Like they did Exactly, it vibes, right? So, so we can and we can we can't beat COVID with vibes. Like we we've shown that we can't beat COVID with vibes. Like we saw what happened in January when people were dying here and there, and and the the hospitals, all the all the things that we were seeing on social media, uh, with people not being able to get into hospitals. We want to avoid that. We don't want to get there. And I think we have to be proactive and and you know tell people the truth. I I know that you know it's always hard for our politicians to do that, but you you have to be honest with people. You know. Knowing that our vaccination program is not going so well, what do we have to do? Well, we have to educate people and tell them that it is the social distancing, it is the masking,
1: you those are the things that, that protect you. So just continue to do this. The the true state of the issues in terms of COVID. That's one. Um, two, I heard in the news that there is a collaboration for Ghana to produce their own vaccines. I don't know if you know that. And uh, you have uh
0: information about that is that possible can that be done in any shortest time. I can I can talk about the uh the, the the fact that the the numbers, right? I mean I think with any um and I mean this is probably best answered by an epidemiologist, but I, I'll try my best. I think there's always gonna be um like because we are not testing first of all we are not testing randomly, right? So the testing is always going to be, you know, pretty much is not going to be representative of, of the population. That's that's a given. So no matter what what you do, like based on the testing strategy that we are we adopting, and um, that's 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 just making the that, that was that's always going to make the numbers biased towards yeah. a certain um, population, for example, a certain subpopulation, a certain demographic. So for example, one time, the the director general of the Ghana Health Service said that uh, it is the middle class that is getting COVID oh, you know, all yeah. oh, the right. cases. You know, oh, right. Okay. And and I that. mean, it's it's just because, it's just because, right. And I think it's just because it's, a, it's also the middle class that is getting tested, right? Yeah. That's, that's just a simple explanation for it. So the people you are testing, it is those that you are, the, the testing is the name of the game. If you test, you detect. If you don't test, you don't detect, right? So that's, so I'm just saying, oh, I'm just saying all that to say that there is a, there's a possibility that it is it is underrepresented and that the the cases that we are reporting, um are not are not uh the true state because we we don't have the resources to test everybody for example and it's not even feasible and so and then we are doing a bias testing so if you show symptoms you come and we test you so uh, there are people who are asymptomatic, and then if they don't, if they don't come up, if you don't, if they don't have the money to go and get tested, that's a challenge as well. So I, I'd say that the numbers is definitely um, uh, just from how, just based on how you know, uh, from the mechanics and how it is set up, it is definitely possible that the numbers don't reflect the, the true state of things in the country. Uh, that notwithstanding, uh, I, I, I get hope in the sense that recently. There's one, that's one indicator that tells you also can give you an idea of how much testing you're doing and whether it's reflecting your current, the state of affairs. And that is the, the daily test positivity rate. Um, so the, well, the world, had, uh, the WHO had, uh, a recommendation that if your positivity rate is about, uh, 5% and over it's over 5%, then it gives you an indication that you're not doing enough tests. So one thing that I take. I, I'm glad about it recently well our positivity rate for a longer time very very long time was about five percent recently though it, it's been going down it's I think it's been around three percent recently so that gives me some 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 encouragement that maybe we might be doing enough tests relative to the size of the the cases that we are confirming so that's that's all good and then on the case of vaccines um so no, we're you talking about vaccine now, safety so well, was that what you, the, was that what the question do 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 was
1: production the production. Of our home, right? the
0: production yeah yeah sorry yes so i mean i think it's possible i mean <laughs> once they uh people decide to take an initiative to do a vaccine uh that is possible but is it possible to do it in the time frame that we have um to be able to solve our vaccine supply issue i don't think so i think it's because remember that they keep saying that COVID is with us it probably might be an endemic it, it will come like it'll be something that we have to deal with every now and then so I I think that the vaccines that we're producing or whatever the uh, the African Union or that group is working on, I think it's like a cross-African partnership that they're trying to uh, produce a vaccine, I think will be good for the longer term. I don't think it's going to uh, solve our uh, short-term vaccine challenge, supply challenges because it takes time, right? It takes, you know, there's a research, then you have to do all the clinical trials and all that stuff. Like, it's a long time. Like, even uh, we said that the Moderna and the Pfizer their timelines were, you know, like it it was fast. Even that was long. Like it took time. It took a long time. So right now, the challenge that we are having, I don't think the vaccine, um, the vaccine production that we are trying to do is going to solve it for us right now. But I think it definitely looking into the future, like one or two years down the line, I think it's possible that we will. Um, and I, I mean, I'm glad about that. I think it's great. It's a great initiative. If people will follow through, though, uh, <laughs> you can always promise things, but it's it's really about the follow through. <laughs> it's really about the follow through and the accountability, right? That's always yeah, that's yeah, always yeah, what yeah. it comes down to at the end of the day. So if if I'm I am glad, I am very happy about that. I'm very, very happy that people are taking that initiative and I think yeah. it's something that is yeah. should be should be
1: should be happening. And I think it's you know, it's search, about the follow-through. Why you always step the the, the Ghana Health website account? Like you always step the guy in NECO. <laughs> <me> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Charlie, yeah. Charlie, no, no, I, I try. I mean, you know, obviously you can see that I try but, to be as constructive yeah, as possible. Right? I I, I don't go insulting them or calling them names or anything. But I think sometimes some of the things it's just, you know, it's very like, especially if you follow the, the Ghana data very closely, right? It gets very annoying, right? Like it's, it's, it's very frustrating too, right? Uh You are looking for data for two days, then you go and then one day is there, the other day is not there, or sometimes some of the numbers are not adding up. Like, what is causing that, right? So that it's just it's just uh, things like that. I I just want to make sure that, um, and you know, to be, like sometimes I don't. It's not everything that I post on the timeline. Sometimes I DM them too. They ha- they actually have never replied, but I I noticed that even though, even if. Even if they don't reply, yeah. they still yeah. like try to make the change, right? So which which I'm glad about. I mean, I'm I'm not asking them to reply me or anything. I'm just bringing it my, 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 my plan is that I bring it to their attention and then maybe they will because a lot of the times if I even if when I tweet at them, mm-hmm. they wouldn't respond, right? But they will change it, which is great. Like I say, oh, there's a data data missing or there's this update missing. They actually go on the website and they update it, which I'm glad to see, right? It's like at least it's, yeah. it is having an impact there. Um, But I think it, it's it's really never my intention to really be on them or anything like I like when this when this thing started and people were even saying, oh, they are massaging the numbers. I never really said anything like that. I was actually always defending them because if you work in data, some of the some of the mistakes that were happening and that when people were saying that we were massaging the numbers, some of them you could easily explain why something like that could happen if you work in data, right? If you work with data a lot, you can easily understand why some computational error can happen and that can have rippling effects on other things. Right? So that's why I was saying that, I mean, for me, it's not, I just want to be on them, but it's, it's sometimes it's just, you know, like I, I, uh, I try to hold back, but it's like, even if when I DM them and they respond to it, fine. But if they don't respond, like sometimes I come on the timer, like, yo, you guys, what's happening? Like. Um why is, there, are this like, this this why is the outdates like, not showing up? Why is the numbers
1: not coming? Yeah. this guy again, this guy is <laughs> like <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: I trust to then search then they search me. But I say I say if I come ghana, me then they go go for coffee. Made the guy for go for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and and then sometimes I sometimes I just search it just be basic things, so it just be simple, simple things, like you know. Just put the data on there, right? Like we're not saying you guys, you guys, and they are under a lot of pressure. So you have to give them credit for when credit is due. Right. And when they were, you know, when the updates were consistent, yeah, I would go there and I say, oh yeah, these guys are really doing a good job. You know, thank you for making sure that the update is on there. But sometimes to the data, no, they come, Charlie. Like the thing you go, go, you go scroll. Like today, for example, today be, uh, April 20th. They, uh, sorry, today be April 25th. The last update today, the website, be right. April 20th. So that'd be what? Yeah. Almost five days. Right. So yeah. that be that be like yeah. what they cause that what they cause the delay. So that be my that, that be always my issue, right? Like sake of we do this thing for a long time since uh, January or March, yeah. whatever yeah. March. Since March was when we prepared yeah. our first case, so March twenty twenty, we we did this end up so like i mean I yeah, just say like right with for they see some efficiency right you, if you do the same thing over yeah. and over and over you for be efficient like if you don't be efficient then what they cost up because if you do the same charts the same thing i should say the excel data you just go populate the data then the thing go a bit that assumption.
1: You know, that you didn't make. <laughs> but yeah, Charlie, it's, it's uh, the amazing work that you do. I, for one, say like, bruh, I um, they always, I'm always. Can I use the word proud? I'm always proud when I see these kind of things. You then, this other guy, I don't know, Pache. I don't know his name. Yeah, it's like Charlie. Yeah, amazing country. work that you guys the are country. doing. <inaudible> over there, who to you and him and your data analytics team?
0: Charlie chale! No, thank you, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's been great. Um, and I think I should, one one thing I just want to give shout out to my uh, Ghana Ghana Analytics uh, uh Twitter uh page. So make people go follow. Um, we just the you know we just the post visualizations. So we put in their Facebook, tweet Ghana Analytics now. So just just follow with and uh, with the try post post the data. Sometimes no, it be hard. Like the how you go get the data set. So the, the data they come in different different forms that like we try on our best thing make will visual
1: folks. Yeah, Analytics thing. I think that I'll put I'll put it in episode show notes yeah, for people to be able to have comprehensive um, understanding about how the data matrix really is. Charlie, thanks for Charlie honoring mm-hmm. my invitation and coming. And yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Please rate, review us, and we'll catch you next episode. Peace out.
0: Okay. 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 I'm here to last, not to carry last. Manifest the God with a funny laugh. Bad man tin till I retire. Tell a low life, make you retire. No they here when they talk child. No, see my style, make them hostile. Up five nil before time. Tell a bench player, make you bench. I know halftime, have time go.